We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing gaming streamers. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. So all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Frozone. Frozone is one of the top Warzone players and streamers in the world. He currently plays with and against some of the largest gamers, such as Tim the Tatman and Nick Merckx, as well as with current and former professional athletes including NFL players Golden Tate, Blake Martinez, Jamal Charles, and Brian Arakpo. Frozone is ranked in the top five in the world for total kills and is a top five earner for Warzone events. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Justin, how's it going, man? Good, good. You know, I'm glad that we got you on. I know you're busy streaming and killing guys in Warzone, so thanks for taking the time to come join us. Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've wanted to always do a podcast for the longest time. I just never actually like done it just gone through it so i'm excited to uh you know do do my first one so yeah you know and the advice i've given a lot of them is just go for it so you know that's what we're just gonna do and <laughs> briefly introduce the topic is exploring streamers so you have streamers that stream live content on platforms such as twitch and youtube and facebook gaming and some of these guys are also content creators so they may make their own original content for social media distribution could be gameplay tip videos, new weapon or item analysis, or really any media or content incorporating gaming. 
So these individuals earn income in a variety of ways. If they're signed to an organization, they may get a salary. If they compete in tournaments, they may get tournament and event winnings. And a lot of their money is generated from social media revenue. So YouTube or Twitch ad revenue, subscriptions, donation, bits, all these different income, as well as sponsorship and brand partnerships. And in addition, some gamers have even created their own merchandise, having the streamer's name and likeness either on merchandise that they sell or third parties selling their merchandise. So now we know a bit about how some content creators and streamers earn income. Tell us a bit about your gaming past. Um, man, I've been just streaming for about mm, about five years almost. In February, would be five years. So I've been streaming for quite some time, a lot more than I think most streamers. I feel like most people just started streaming probably as soon as the Fortnite wave um started so but i originally started playing um in streaming call of duty black ops 3 and i just streamed myself playing um search and search and destroy tournaments and wagers and um that's that's where i started i mean i I was playing every single day i was doing something very competitive and so not a lot of people stream so i was like okay why why not why not just stream if i'm already gaming i might as well stream so we might as well just go with it and I don't know. I was always um, looking up to Nick Merckx because he was one of the the people um, that uh, streamed S and D at that time. So I'm like, I mean, nobody else is doing it except for him and some other just few other people. So let's just go after it, you know. So that's where I first started. So, but other than that, I've been playing. I've been playing games for quite some time, actually. So, you know, between the Fortnite and the Apex Legends, and there's a game called Battalion, and just kind of just Every single game, trying to find, you know, my, my, my spot or my game, you know? Yeah, I mean, so when you were kind of started out, what platform were you using? Like, what was that like, kind of being well, one of these people that were starting with it? Um, I, I was on PlayStation 4, and I was just streaming on Twitch. And I didn't really upload anything to YouTube. I was just streaming on just Just, just right through the PlayStation, just, just like connecting your account. No, I did. I actually did have a PC. So at the time, I worked at... Um, at Office Depot or Office Max. It was Office Max at the time. So I was working at Office Max and on Black Friday, actually, apparently we weren't supposed to use this, but I used my discount on a Black Friday sale on a PC, like a, you know, it was like a Dell computer that could just, as long as it was running my stream, it was good. It was good to go. So that's what I used. It was just a cheap Dell, you know, $600 computer that just barely ran my stream, but it worked. So but you figure it out. You're like, okay, yeah. look, I'm going to do this and adopt it early. And what was it like kind of at the beginning when, you know, obviously now Twitch is just such a pre- prevalent thing everywhere. What was it like when you were just kind of doing it years ago? Um, I mean, it's way different. It was way different than, than now. Cause right now it's very, I mean, it's saturated now. I mean, it's not as saturated as it will be, you know, in, a, in the next few years. Cause right now everybody, you know, everyone wants to be a streamer. You know, if you're gaming, you might as well stream, build a brand, you know, all that. But it wasn't um, it was it was kind of weird because not a lot of people did at that time. And a lot of people didn't really know know much about the streaming and and the recording and doing this stuff. So a lot of people on the outside in my in my real life world, like friends, family, didn't really understand it at all. And still to this day, people still just don't get it. So, so <laughs> but it wasn't. Get- Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, how did you kind of like deal with that when it's like you've been doing this, you're obviously having a great time and the people around you maybe just don't get it. 
Yeah, I kind of just, uh, I was just, I mean, still to this day at every, you know, family gathering, there's another relative that's, you know, has a new, you know, fiance or boyfriend, girlfriend, or, you know, just, just more people that I haven't seen in a long time where I just, I just tell them straight up like that. It's just YouTube basically is YouTube, but it's just, instead of it being a video, it's just live. I'm just, people are watching me play a video game and people type in the chat and I just talk to talk through the mic while they watch me. And I just look at, you know, their name and I kind of just explain to them. I'm like, well, a lot of people, you know, they come to be like, why would people want to watch people play video games? You know, why do people want to, why do people want to watch that? I'm like, just think of how many kids these days, especially watch YouTube on their iPads, on their iPhones and stuff like that. Just think of how many people watch television you know, growing up, I mean, we all watch television, we all watch TV, we all watch movies and Cartoon Network, Disney. Now, instead of that, now all the kids are growing up watching Twitch and YouTube. And so that's why I try to explain to them, like, it's just a different generation. And that's what a lot of these kids are growing up with watching. So. So how'd you kind of like start getting into the content creation aspect? I know you said you just were just streaming on Twitch at the beginning. Um, Dude, I don't even... A lot of my friends thought I was just like extremely good because I was always able to pick up games very easily. So like, I, you know, when I was playing games, I was playing really well. I was making money, like doing like these tournaments and these wager matches. And I saw a few other people doing that and they they were getting a lot of viewership. And then once they were getting a lot of viewership, I mean, they were getting some subscribers and you know donations or whatever. So I'm like, you know, like maybe, you know, if I stick with this and and I'm really good, you know, that's one of the. I think the core pillars of being a successful streamer is like you need to be, well, you don't have to, it's definitely something to have. It can't be bad. You have to at least be able to be competent and it can't be like a disaster. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're not good at the game, it's either you're extremely funny or you do like a lot of community things, you know, like, I mean, there's some people out there that just aren't as good at games, but they're extremely funny. They're so funny. But I mean, I think I bring more of the higher tier gameplay, I would say to to the stream versus a, a lot more of the people so it was just friends and people were telling me or other people's game owners are like dude you're like really good really good like you could probably beat these other people in these tournaments and they're pulling thousands of viewers so why don't you just why don't you just stream you know because i ended up playing against nick marks in a bunch of tournaments and stuff like that so and i was competing against them you know we were we were going back and forth they win one time we would win another time so it was just um yeah, it was just more of a why not? If you're gaming, you might as well stream it. And, you know, there's only positives that can come out of it. So, that's so you kind of mentioned, you know, kind of Nick Merckx and some of the other people. So what's it like kind of competing against and even streaming with some of these top influential people in the gaming world? Man, at first, at first, I mean, it was like, I think like, you know, somebody that looked up to a lot of people. It's like I grew up or, you know, while I was gaming through the last four or five years, um, Nick Marks was always like one of my go-to streamers that I wouldn't watch. I mean, I've been subscribed to him for like 45 months or something. And that's almost four years. And I was, a, I was actually a mod in his channel for a little bit during like the beginning of Fortnite. And um, I think after spending so much time, like in a stream, he was like more of like a role model to me. So like when that, that way, when I ended up playing with him a few times and in him against and against him and said with other people, it was actually kind of crazy. You know, it's like, wow. I'm I looked up to these guys for such a long time, but I'm actually playing with these guys, which is which was mind blowing. But now now that I think about it, it's just like, 
you know, man, they're just, you know, the people, they're just people like me and you, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they've just been doing it longer or, you know, or they've been just, they've had a different road. They've had a different ride than we, but you know, we're all, we're all people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that sentiment. You know, sometimes it's just, you were there first. And as a result of that, you kind of figured it out first and everyone kind of deferred to you because you were there. But I also think that people lay the blueprint and there's other people that kind of come and follow it and elevate it. And, you know, like you said, you're about precision and being just the best and getting as many kills as you can. And, you know, really kind of that angle where you have the entertainment and the streamers who, like you said, are funny, wear funny hats, wear different costumes, whatever they're going to incorporate. That's their thing. But your thing is like, I'm in the zone. Like I'm going to be, you know, leading in kills and really kind of bringing you this elevated gameplay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, you know, recently you've been playing with a bunch of different pro athletes. I know we mentioned a couple of them earlier on. So what's it like playing with, you know, Jamal Charles and some of these all pro and potential Hall of Fame kind of athletes? Um, Yo, it's extremely fun. Like I've never, like in high school, I was a little bit of a sports guy. Right now I'm not, I mean, I don't do any of the fantasy stuff. I don't. Like, to me, you know, it's just, like, these guys are professional athletes. Like, yo, this is awesome. But I, I think more people in my stream get more hyped about it because they're, like, super big football fans, you know? So I think that's kind of cool. Um, But, man, like, I think I see Golden Tate or I talk to Golden Tate maybe once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. And the fact that he's now become, like, part of, like, my community within the stream, which is just so cool, like – I'll see people in the discord. All of a sudden Tate will just join the discord and start chatting with people that are part of the stream community and they'll start playing Warzone. you know? So I think it's, oh man, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. And it definitely like when I was playing with Jamal Charles and Brian Arakpo, I was dropping like 30 bombs in Warzone. I oh, mean, my, my, it felt like my ego is just rising <laughs> just a little bit, just cause I was, 
playing extremely well and these guys were just gassing me up the whole time <laughs> right it's fun it's like you know like i say you're kind of like the ringer you get to play with these guys that are more you know they dominate in their space and then they kind of come to your world and you kind of lead the charge exactly exactly oh it's so much fun so you know so what's your favorite part about you know creating content um i would say my favorite part is um just being able to do my own thing i think i've always had a mind and i've always you know, I want to be like an entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurship or do my own thing and always work for myself. You know, I've never really enjoyed working for a lot of people. Um, there's always been, you know, a few bosses of mine growing up just were always just. Right? Um, no one wants to have a boss. No, no. Nobody wants to have a boss. And especially like um, just growing up, uh, just a few bosses that I've had were they were just they're just kind of just dicks sorry i don't know if i'm supposed it's to say all right that. you know sometimes that's just you gotta call them yeah. like you see them yeah they're just oh man they're just dicks and they're just you know they're just they weren't they're just there to be a boss they weren't there to be a leader you know what i mean so i think there's a, a big difference there and um it just kind of killed my whole vibe of like yeah i just you know why can't i just work for myself why can't i do my own thing and so i think having my own doing my own thing I can stream <clears throat> whenever I want. I can just, you know, I have a completely open schedule most of the time. Um, and I think that's, you know, the freedom of that is probably one of the biggest things um, that uh, the streaming and the content creation comes with is the whole freedom. And then I would definitely say um, just being able to build a community um, of, of awesome people and like friends and stuff like that is probably my uh, my other thing that I extremely, extremely enjoy by being a streamer. So do you also, you know, kind of looking at the other side of the coin, you feel like sometimes, you know, being a streamer and content creator and having like, you know, not a nine to five Monday to Friday, do you feel like, oh, like maybe I'm not as encouraged to do it or the fact that like you can do whenever you want, as long as you want, you just feel like you always want to do it because why not? Um, I mean, I think there's definitely some like, so I think if you know who Hex is, he's, you know, he, he did the whole optic gaming thing forever. And now he's on energy. He had like a, I think a video of him saying like gaming and content creation and like this whole like business, it's a 24 seven, it's a 24 seven thing. Like there's no, you don't get a lot of breaks when it comes to this. And honestly, like it, it eats me alive. I think more than it should when I take a day off or a couple of days off or like, um, or if I'm not streaming a certain amount of hours per month. And so it definitely has its pros and cons, I think. But it's it's, it's, a, it's a good and bad thing that it affects me that way, I would say, you know? Yeah, so I think that that's a good point that, you know, he brought up. It's like, yeah, like every day you're not putting out a piece, you're not streaming, you're not interacting with your fans, you're not doing something to engage – is a day that you might be losing fans. And, you know, I'm sure you can see all these statistics that people who take, you know, a couple of days off, a week, whatever it is, like their numbers just plummet. And, you know, it's kind of, again, this gift and a curse. It's amazing that you get to wake up and play this game and that game and, you know, make money doing something that, you know, you really love and enjoy. Mm -hmm. But you also have to know that it's a job and you have to like take it seriously like that. And in order for you to excel and succeed, you need to be regimented and, you know, just kind of a lot of stuff I've been working on is some of these athletes and celebrities and these more influential people that aren't gamers, you know, they're really looking at how do they get in? 
And the biggest thing that I say is like you have to be ready to do this consistently. You can't just turn on your stream every once in a while and expect it to work and overnight you to have this amazing Twitch channel with thousands and you know hundreds of thousands of people views. And it's just that's not how this works. You have to essentially approach it the same way you do your other job where it's like exactly. I'm waking up and I'm doing this X amount of hours almost every day. And there's a post every day, if not every other day. And you're really consistently approaching it that way or you're not going to ever be successful. Yep. And I, to add to that, like in a lot of people have problems growing their stream because, well, it is very, very saturated. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people have problems growing the stream because, and I did this for, for two years when I was, I was a full-time streamer. I did that this for during Fortnite in oh, man, I regret it. But also at the same time, I'm, I've just learned from my mistake is like, during those like year and a half, two years, you know, I just turned on my stream, stream for eight hours, 10 hours, turn the stream off, turn the stream, next day, turn the stream on, turn the stream off. Like it's more than that. You know what I mean? Like you have to do more than that. You can't just, you know, anybody can, you know, get the equipment, turn the stream on, play video games and turn it off. You know, like there's just more to it than that. So. Yeah. And understanding that, like, yeah, you can say a tweet, Hey, I'm live, but like, you have to do content or little videos and paid boosts and stuff that draws attention, you know, put out TikTok highlights, directing people to your Twitch to see more. And you have to start interplaying with all these different platforms or you're not going to really ever elevate to that next level. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the things, like I said, I, I like, I regret it, but I'm, you know, I try not to regret anything. I just try to use it as like a, a learning situation, but Man, I did that for far too long. And I mean, now that I've gone through that, I can definitely tell people that there's just, you know, there's more to it. You got to bring something to the table other than just turning your stream on, you know. And if if you're talking about, um, you know, those core things that people bring to the table, you know, you can be funny. Um, you can be extremely competitive. Um, you can be, you know, chasing leaderboards, chasing, you know, playing in tournaments, playing for a lot of money. People love watching people play for money. Um, and it just comes down to bringing something to the table. Right. Bringing this unique aspect, whether it's like you love cooking. So you cook a whole, you know, you show me how you cook a great meal and then you get in there and get W's like that would be a great stream, you know, cooking in Dan W's with like a world-class chef to, yeah. like, you know, I'm going to show you how to cook this dinner. Then I'm going to eat it while I'm beating people. <laughs> yep. And it's just comes down to that. Uh, what makes you different? How can you be different? And, you know, that's 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 the the choices people make, you know, between making it or not making it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I you kind of mentioned it a little and I want to touch on that. So what's it like competing in some of these bigger tournaments and, you know, playing against some of these top people and even kind of winning them? Oh, dude, it's it's very adrenaline pumping. It's I'm a very, very, very competitive person. And I have been for a very long time. I get I get, you know, there's that saying where. I get, you know, I hate losing more than I love winning, which it shouldn't be like that, but it's more true than it is. And uh, playing in these tournaments have been insane. And it definitely helped um, for the stream success to last like six months that we played in the Nick Merckx tournament. We went through a qualifier uh, of like 100 and some teams and we won that qualifier and there's two other qualifiers. So we played against the other winners of those qualifiers to get into his $50,000 tournament. So we went through two qualifiers to make it into his $50,000 tournament, playing against the other top pros and the other top content creators. And we actually ended up winning that one. And then we did the same thing the next month. 
So I think that that pushed us, you know, to a whole nother level to where all these pros and all these content creators are starting to to really like see us and notice us and uh, just beating them in these tournaments and competing against them in these tournaments. It's it's awesome. It's awesome because it just really put uh, put our name on the on the board, really. Yeah, and I think it kind of like goes to what you had mentioned with what makes people want to tune into your stream. If you're you're rising star and you're playing against all these people and you're beating them or you're really kind of pushing them to the limits, that's how you make your name. And that's kind of how you rise up the ranks. And you know, that's how a lot of these overnight esports stars kind of happen. Where yeah. like, you know, you perform well in a tournament against the right people and they're like, Oh wow, we never heard of this guy, but he's great. Like, we need to learn about him. Yeah, exactly. So after we won those first two tournaments, and those were the first kind of two big tournaments of the year that put us, that put our names on the board for the rest of the, you know, for the last another four months or, you know, a few months after that happened. So now after that happened, you know, Tim the Tatman was was hitting me up to play in a few tournaments. You know, um, I was playing in tournaments with um, a League of Legends streamer named Trick2G. Like, he hit me up. Uh, I've played, you know, Warzone matches with summit one g and train wrecks and just so many of these big people that everybody knows you were messaging me or i was playing Warzone with them i think that playing and doing really well in these tournaments against the other big names just helped help me i think far more than i know still so how did you kind of train for these tournaments did you like study your opponents or you just kind of this is just what you do um so the way the tournaments work is a it's just a it's it's a kill race tournament. So you have three hours to get your best four games within those. And so it doesn't really matter how well your opponents do, it all comes down to how well you do, you know? So it's you can't really do anything against your okay, opponents. So it's you're not, not really verse versus, it's more of a correct how many it's, kills you can get. Yeah, so it's more of like who ju- just who does better. Um, who finds more kills within those hours or who has the better three games within those, you know, couple hours of, of the tournament. And so it came down to um, us just uh, practicing, you know, if, you know, we'd hop on for, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours, we stream, we play and we'd practice like it was a tournament. We just go for high kill games all the time. And that's exactly how the, how the tournaments run. So uh, just practicing those high kill games really. Okay, so practicing with your teammates and kind of understanding how you can work with each other. Yep, exactly. Yep. What what you know what methods work faster? You know, if we grab bounties or UAVs, um, when we should you know get together to make sure we secure the win for bonus points. You know, um, different strategies. Really, there's not too many strategies because it all comes down to just how the the war zone lobby is. You know, who finds more of the you know, the not so good players in the lobby. If you get lobbies that don't <laughs> die out, you know, there's, there's a lot of RNG factors to it, but there's also a lot you can control. Okay. So, yeah. So what's your biggest professional highlight to date? What is something you just look back at? Like, wow. Um, I think it most definitely would be those two uh, Nickamarks tournaments that we won. So uh, like I said earlier, so the first tournament we had to play through a qualifier and then we, we won that qualifier and we had to play against the other two teams that won the other qualifiers to get into the big tournament. So once we got into the big tournament, we won that tournament. We were like the super underdogs. Yeah, we were the we we're the MFAM um qualifiers was our team name because you know we uh we made it all the way through two qualifiers and they were playing against, you know, 
everybody. We're playing against all the big dogs, you know, Symphony, Huskers, uh, Tim the Tatman, Nick Marks, uh, you know, Swag, literally everybody, all the big streamers that have been playing the game. And then we win that tournament. And it was crazy. It was so crazy. And that was super hype. And then the next tournament was announced. And I was hoping that we would have just got invited into the tournament because, you know, we won the previous one. You know, I was like, okay, maybe they'll just invite us. Um, and then this tournament, they had like a little Katie cap. So we ended up playing with a different fourth player because our team was too stacked, apparently. So the reason why there's all these KD caps now with these tournaments is because our team was a little too good, I think. <laughs> for yeah, the, you guys just for the killed tournament. too quickly. <laughs> so we so we so we we didn't get invited to the big tournament, the fifty thousand dollar tournament again. So we had to make our way through the qualifier. We win the qualifier with a different player, and then we actually end up picking up a different player for the final because we couldn't play with that other player after the KD cap. So we picked up another person that has a, a, um, a lower KD. Um, so, I mean, technically not as good, but he actually played extremely, extremely well. And we end up winning the tournament again. And so after we won that second $50,000 tournament, uh, it was, it's just, I knew, and it wasn't just about the money and it wasn't just about, you know, having people in my stream. It just set and I knew it was going to set us up for the rest of, you know, the war zone, um, you know, for the next four or five months, you know, which it did. And it has put us in a really good position. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the true underdog story. It's like, OK, we went through the whole qualifier. We won. OK, you don't want us in. We're going to go through the qualifier again exactly. and win again. <laughs> oh, it was such a great feeling. Just that beat of the underdog is and then winning is just a phenomenal, phenomenal feeling. So what's like the first game you played? Like, what's like the earliest memory you have of video oh, games? The earliest memory, the earliest memory. I mean, I dude, I was playing like Mario Kart. I was playing a whole lot of games growing so up. Like N sixty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N sixty four. I think like Spyro back in the day. And you know, I was always on my Game Boy. I used to play Game Boy all the time. You know, the Pokemon games. Um, I think the games that I played most though growing up was definitely RuneScape. The old school RuneScape, so RuneScape 07 and um in Diablo 2. Those are the games that I played more than anything. And then other than the Call of Duty games. So I just I always grinded the Call of Duty games when I, I bought my own Xbox or I got my my own Xbox, I think, Xbox 360. Um, because I always played on my brother's account or um my brother's Xbox and he hated it. And so <laughs> my I think I got one for Christmas or something. So I ended up getting um an Xbox and I just uh my parents hated it because I just never got off the Xbox. I was always playing Call of Duty, always. But I've been playing Call of Duty since probably Call of Duty hmm, MW2, I think. Maybe COD 4. I don't Whichever one was earlier, I don't remember. Awesome. So what's the future of Frozone? Where are you going from here? Uh, man, I think... See, I don't know, to be honest. I know I should have a plan. I know I should have, but I think... Uh, I try to uh, not let that um, affect me too much. I like to take things day at a time. I know I should definitely have a plan, but I do like to take things just a day at a time. You know, I'm going to try my best to do whatever I can that day and just keep moving forward, you know, moving forward, growing my stream, growing my YouTube, growing, you know, my other social platforms. You know, I, of course, I want to get to the point where I can do this, do this for a very long time. And so while I'm streaming, um, I think I, built definitely a, a good foundation of, you know, a core community. So now I'm starting to open up my, um, I guess, uh, 
different uh, sources of you know revenue or little side work on a little side income, um, uh, like passive income streams of money. So like, you know, we're working on this little tournament website with my friends, or, you know, I really want to get into, uh, you know, like maybe try like the vending machine business or some just so some random, I just want to try, you know, maybe a podcast, I just want to, you know, branch out and do other things and use my platform to boost my other platforms, I guess, in a sense. So just just overall continue to grow, continue to stream and to really keep um, doing what I'm doing, because this last six months have been crazy. It's it's changed my life for the better. As shitty as 2020 has been, it's definitely been probably my best six months that I've ever um, had in terms of career wise. And if I just keep moving in the same direction that I have been the last six months, uh, you know, the po- the possibilities are are endless. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really, you know, good advice. And you got to always look for the good in every situation. And, you know, you have a plan. They just got to keep growing it and using your avenues and building out. Because it's, once you have this base, you have to figure out ways to kind of grow it that stay kind of authentic to the base that you've already created. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, I like to end every interview with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? My favorite game to watch? Uh Probably RuneScape. There's a streamer. His name is Spark Mac. Or, yeah, it probably probably RuneScape. I would say. I don't know why. It just brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> okay. So, what's your favorite game to play? Right now, my favorite game to play is Warzone or Valorant. I like to play a little Valorant off stream, like with my friends, just to you know, just to uh, play something else because I play Warzone a lot. But I I still. I still uh, really enjoy playing Warzone at this very moment. So who's like your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu. Oh my gosh, dude. I, this is a tough one. Uh, bro, I don't know. I always liked uh, probably like Bulbasaur or something, probably in Pokemon. I don't know why. Okay, it just always cool. was cool. I like that one. That's the most unique answer I've got. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was, you know, amazing. So tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, th- well, thanks for having me, first of all. Again, this is my first podcast. And I think, um, I mean, I would love to come on here again. You know, at some point we can talk about, you know, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> um, but you can definitely find me on Twitter. My Twitter is just straight up Frozone. Um, F-R-O-Z-O-N-E um, and then also I stream pretty much every single day on Twitch uh, which is uh, at Frozone as well so just F-R-O-Z-O-N-E you can find me at both awesome so everyone make sure you get in the zone with Frozone and you know thanks again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter Justin J-E-S-Q and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.